Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited because today I get to talk about a book, which is one of my favorite things. And I get to talk to one of my favorite people, Swapna, that I met in Amy Porterfield's group. And we actually were on a panel together as success students. So I'm super excited that the two worlds, well, the three worlds have kind of collided, and I'm very excited for this episode. So let me introduce our guest as well as the book, and then we'll jump right in. So Swapna is a Minneapolis area personal style expert, and who doesn't need that? She curates on-brand wardrobes for her high-achieving women. She's a former New York City fashion designer, and she teaches success-driven entrepreneurs how to use their wardrobe as a tool to boost their online visibility, increase their impact, and elevate their personal brand. She has helped many physicians, coaches, fitness experts, photographers, realtors, and other high achievers level up in their style to truly look like industry experts. Now, when she's not remixing the perfect outfit for her clients, she plays short order cook to her resident picky eaters, remixing pantry and fridge ingredients for creative culinary creations. And her guilty pleasures include, but are not limited to, Bollywood movies and music, binge-worthy homemade brownies, and a sale at anthropology. Who doesn't love a sale at anthropology? She does dream of her next beach vacation, curling up with the latest historical fiction and a spicy margarita in hand. But today we're not going to be talking about historical fiction books, but if you love those, I also love those as well. You can tune into some other podcasts. Today we are actually going to discuss the book, The Gap in the Game by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. So if you haven't read the book, it's okay. There will be some spoiler alerts in this episode, but it is a good review if you have read the book. And if you haven't read the book, it's okay. You can also gain a lot from this episode. So Swapna, I am so excited to not only have you on the show, but to discuss this awesome book. Thank you, Sarah, for inviting me and having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, And I just love how we ended up being connected. Like I had never even entered, we hadn't entered each other's worlds until we were both selected for that panel. And ever since then, I've been like, wow, she's like amazing. She does all this great stuff. I just love it. Thank you, Sarah. And the the admiration is mutual. Oh, (laughs) thank you. All right. Well, I don't know about you, but I have like pages and pages of notes on this book. Me too. And I brought them with me. Oh, yay. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I think this book really has, you know, I I have some books that I read. I'm like, that was a good read. Here's how I can put things into action. And then I do put those things into action, but the book kind of goes into my book bin. I have a bin in the garage in full disclosure. 
And this is one of the books that will stay in my office because this is really a good reminder every year, a good reference. I don't know about you, but that was kind of my thought on this book. So for me, the book was a little bit of validation. Um, You know, I'm a very done, not perfect kind of person. um, And I like to see progress over perfection. And that's something I teach my kids as well. So I think this validated that a little bit, because if Mm -hmm. we're constantly chasing the perfection or the gain in this book, then we're never really appreciating how far we have come and who we've become in the process, right? Like that is also a key thing because we change and evolve over a period of time. Yeah, I love that point uh, that you make about chasing the game. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I know the book club has read the book Comparison-itis. And one of the things that we discussed live in that discussion was that there's so many ways now with social media that we can compare ourselves to others. And to get this idea of, well, this is where we are and this is where we should be and we're not there, so we're not successful or we're not perfect, if you will. And this book really breaks that down. Absolutely. And I think, like you said, the social media portion of it makes it super easy to you know, compare ourselves to somebody else. But I also feel at the same time, we don't know what else is going on in their life, right? And there yeah. might be so many other factors contributing to their success or their failures on the same token, our successes and our failures. And um, I think, yeah, I mean, comparisonitis, I haven't read that book, but mm-hmm. I, um, one of my favorite quotes is comparison is the thief of joy. And I like it mm-hmm. so much that I have it engraved on a bangle so I can remember it all the time. Like a bracelet bangle? Yes, oh, yes. Uh, and I think, you know, yeah, when we are comparing ourselves to others or sometimes even a past version of ourselves. And I think especially for women, like if you take, um, you know, women in their 30s or 40s, and if they're, for example, on this fitness journey to achieve a body that they had when they were 25, that's really hard. And if we constantly say, well, I, I did have those abs once, we're never going to be happy because how about we enjoy what our body does for us now and love ourselves where we are now. Yeah. And I think one of the things with you, you work with, you know, clothing and and visual brand of somebody's, you know, attire. And I think that is so difficult because that all comes back to, well, I don't like myself in these pants because my hips are too wide or all these Mm -hmm. things. And you have to break all those things down. That has to be really difficult. It is from time to time. And, you know, I always tell people, uh, get rid of your old pants. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, you were once a size six, maybe in your 20s. Now here we are 10, 15 years later. My point always is that adorn yourself where you are now. Mm -hmm. And instead of having that constant reminder of the resentment in your wardrobe, like, why can't I be that, you know, so it's not only comparing ourselves to what it could be in the future and feeling frustrated, but also what, you know, what we were maybe, and especially in terms of change. Mm -hmm. And for women, especially, I think that makes so much more sense, right? Because we change so much um, as we get older. So yeah, Yeah. I, I deal with that a lot. Yeah. 
So for those of you who haven't read the book, I want to explain, we'll start off by explaining kind of the big concept. And so nobody says it better than the author. So I'm going to read kind of their explanation of the gap in the game, and then we will jump into it. So they say most people, especially highly ambitious people are unhappy because of how they measure their progress. We all have this ideal and it's a moving target that is always out of reach. And when we measure ourselves against that ideal, we're actually in the gap. However, when we measure ourselves against our previous selves, we're in the game. And they describe that being in the gap is when you're looking at where you're at now and where you want to be, there's a lot of failure, there's frustration, disappointment, low self-esteem, some guilt, and maybe even depression. But when you move into the game by looking at where you started, what you've actually achieved while you're moving towards that ideal, there, the feelings change to success, satisfaction, confidence, more high self-esteem, enjoyment, and even optimism. So I don't know, like when I think about the gap, I know that a lot of times it's comparison against other people, but it's also comparison of yourself. And one of my mentors used to say this best. Um, she said, stop comparing your chapter one to other people's chapter 25. I 100% agree with you. And because you and I have both come from the world of digital course creation, I have started to notice this a lot is sometimes to newcomers who are new to launching a course mm -hmm. or even new to online business, really, they want their first launch to look like Amy Porterfield's year 13 <laughs> in business. And that is yeah. just not realistic, you know? So, what is your starting point? Like, you can't just wake up one morning and say, well, I have nothing. I'm at zero dollars and I'm going to make a hundred grand this year. And then yeah. if you beat yourself up in December because you made only 50, well, but yeah. you made 50, you were at zero. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what he talks about in this um, book. And Sarah, I was listening to some of your previous episodes about, you know, visualizing and planning and goal setting. And I think, you know, you talk about the smart, the real, the measurable, realistic, right? And yeah. I think those are also important factors to consider when we do any kind of goal setting, really, don't you think? Yeah. You know, one thing that's interesting, I want to jump on this topic because we brought up Amy a couple of times. I have had several clients that I've helped through the launching process and they have compared themselves to, you know, well, my videos don't look as good as Amy's. And I actually found, and I've shared this with Amy's team. I'm like, do not ever take this down. If they go, if you go on YouTube, you can mm -hmm. find a video of Amy Porterfield in her house with the closet behind her doing one of her first live trainings. It was on, it's on YouTube. And not to say it wasn't great, but it's compared to where she is now, it is vastly different. And if yeah. she had quit then, she never would be where she was today. And so I love to share that video with my clients who are like, well, mine aren't as good as hers. 
well, neither were hers the first time that she started. And right. I think that's a prime example of the gap in the game. And absolutely. And taking the, that first step again, you know. Yeah, taking that first step. And you talked about, you know, you don't need everything to be perfect. That's hard. I mean, I'll never get anything done, you know, if yeah. let's say if I was recording my course and I needed all the lighting to be perfect. Well, that's a lot of investment of time, equipment, mm -hmm. maybe hiring somebody to make those videos look perfect, right? I may not have the resources to do that right now. Yep. So it's more important. And I think especially as women entrepreneurs, it's more important to show up because we can inspire others to do the same and take steps in their life versus yeah. waiting there for, you know, everything to be perfectly aligned and matched up and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the cool things in this book that I really liked was they told the story of a teacher who works with children with special needs and um, some learning, learning complexities. And they talked about how she didn't measure them based on where they should be. She measured them looking backwards. And that's what the authors suggest is she started to write about a child who was struggling with touching grass or things that had different um, textures. And so she wrote like, you know, you know, struggling with getting the child to play in grass, won't touch the grass. And then a year later, when she's maybe frustrated or the parents are maybe frustrated because the child is having challenges with something else, she was able to say, remember a year ago, we couldn't even get your child to touch grass, to play in the grass. And now they're running in the fields. They're hanging out on the playground. Look at how far we've come. And I think that truly brings this concept to life is looking backwards to where you were and then celebrating those achievements, even if you may not be at where your final destination or your true vision is. Absolutely. And it's interesting you shared this story about um, a child in a school. And, you know, even as a parent, like the gap in the game has so much wisdom, right? So, yeah. I mean, when I say I, I live with picky eaters, I'm not joking. Yeah. My son is truly picky or what, what I think is picky, right? Because I'm a pretty adventurous eater. Yeah. And I'm like, well, he won't eat this, this, this and that. But then when I look at where we were to how many things he eats, he actually gets by really well. And when we travel, like, all of his foods are easily available. He's not about to try like some really wild exotic thing. But yeah. you know what? He eats, eats, eats a good a variety of things. The doctor doesn't complain about his health. And he's fine. And I think even like as a parent, I have to remind myself, well, look though, like he didn't eat pancakes. And now he eats pancakes and waffles and French toast, yeah. you know? But if I'm always focused on the fact that he doesn't eat eggs, I'm always going to be frustrated about the meals. Yeah. And I think about what we do to others when we're constantly measuring them against some standard that we've created in our head. Like, you must eat eggs. Um, like, what that does to others' self-esteem. And it's hard right. as a, you know, I, I've 
I'm a foster parent and that that is a difficult task, but it's hard to not say, well, why aren't they doing this? Or why is this so difficult? But I think about the effects that that has on a child as well, or even right. an adult. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it might even create anxiety around that situation, right? Like mealtime or yeah. playing in the grass time or going to the beach or whatever that yeah. trigger might be. The other thing I thought uh, thought of when I was getting ready for our call was when we set these goals, you know, to get to that gain, mm -hmm. I thought we should really question ourselves. Are these really my goals? Is this what I want? Or is this prescribed? Like by the age mm -hmm. of 30, you must have accomplished this, that, and the other. By yeah. the age of 40, you must have a, car, uh, a house, two and a half kids, a two-car garage. Like whose standards are these? Are these mine? Or are these my, you know, expectations culturally or socially or from my family like who who says it should be like this who, who is this they right they say <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know and I think going into business I had a lot of that it was you must niche down you must do this you must have this funnel built you must um serve this type of client and the reality was those were clothes that I put on to use a clothing example that just didn't fit and it was layers and layers and layers and nothing like went together and when I started right. deciding my own business I realized that's what people wanted so really my advice when people ask me what should I do when I go into business I say do what you want to do right Serve who you want to serve, charge what feels right, you know, yep. run it the way you want. Because otherwise, we're never going to be fully present and fully happy and yep. enjoy that moment of fulfillment that we get from being in business, being our own bosses. Yeah. One of the things that I talk a lot about on my podcast is that many people have pages and pages and pages of lists of things to do, but they don't have their goal written out. And I think this really fits in with this book too, because they talk about measuring yourself backwards. I also would venture to say many people don't have data on where they have been and where they're going. Right. I agree with you. And, you know, he talks about in the book, like doing an annual review and comparing yourself mm -hmm. to last year. And I think even a 90 day review, like once a quarter, if you yep. say, hey, this is where I was in January, yeah. this is where I am in the first week of April, how did I do? And if I didn't do as well as I wanted, how far did I get? Yeah, I think the how far did I get is very crucial. Yeah, And if not, what else happened? Like instead of beating myself up, what else happened? Did I, was I sick? Did I have some, did I have to play caregiver to somebody, you know? Yeah. What was going on in the world that could have affected, you know, this whole theory of, well, if you're, if you're really good at what you do, recession doesn't matter. Like, that's not how it is. People's spending patterns change based on the economic climate. So that's another thing to consider, right? Like when you're yeah. going after big goals, what else has changed in the world that is beyond my control yeah. that can affect me getting there? Yeah. And I think about, I love this idea of a quarterly measurement or review or whatever you call that. I, 
I think that there's some value in creating data around your your current state, if you will, for lack of a better word. You know, I had a client once that she told me that she reviewed herself weekly. And one of her goals was to buy a house. And that seems so far away because she had poor credit. They didn't have money saved for a deposit. She had applied and was told basically no. And so because it seems so far away, it was hard for her to create those steps Mm -hmm. to get it done because she knew that it was going to take many years to achieve it. But what she also knew and what we we walked her through was that if she didn't start working on some of these things in 10 years, she's going to be in the same situation. And it was very painful at first, but she created a scorecard on, you know, every week she decided it was weekly. I'd probably do every two weeks or a month because it's a little tedious, but she looked at her spending. Did I, did I impulsively buy stuff just to buy stuff? She looked at her savings account balance, her credit score, her credit card debt, her interest rates on her credit card. And she just created this Excel spreadsheet. And every couple of weeks, she'd review it with her husband. And what she realized is that those little small steps of, you know, instead of going on Amazon and buying $50 worth of stuff, she'd pay $50 more on her credit card, that she was able to achieve her goal of saving and to improve her credit in a much shorter time when she actually started measuring herself against what her goals were. That's amazing. And um, it's, again, those small steps, right? Uh Like if she had just said, oh, I'm going to save $500 week that could have felt really scary yeah yeah and your ego jumps in and says uh no you're not you know you can't even do 50 how are you going to do 500 but to break it down into smaller pieces yeah is really the way to go i mean when it comes to working out or any kind of you know lifestyle changes you're trying to make yeah so that's awesome Yeah. And then because this was such a daunting thing for her, she also started measuring other things in her life that she said she knew that she was going to do well as she was going to excel, but she never really celebrated. She got those things done. And and what she realized is she was having tremendous growth in a lot of areas, but because the other areas were easier, she never celebrated that. Hello, Bold Gold Crushers. Are you looking for ways to drive leads to your business? Has your website not been touched in a year or two, maybe more? Are you seeking new ways to market your business or your nonprofit? Then I think I might be able to help. My name's Anne McCauley Lopez with Agency Content Writer. I partner with small businesses and nonprofits to offer relevant keyword-based content that drives traffic from your target audience to your website and ultimately drives leads to your business or nonprofit. If you're interested in partnering with me, I would love to chat with you. You can find me online at agencycontentwriter.com and on Instagram and LinkedIn. I look forward to working with you and helping you crush your goals. And I think the energy carries over, right? Like yeah. when we celebrate our wins in 
let's say wellness, it carries over that energy into our business or work or whatever else. So, so I am not, I had not actually, um, you know, started tracking anything in my own life very regularly, but for many reasons, I started, decided that, and I have always wanted to be a morning person. And here's an, here's that whole concept of, well, they say, you know, all successful people are morning people. And for the longest time, I literally wanted to wake up in the morning just because that's what all CEOs do. So I should be doing that. But putting the intention, okay, I'm going to just try to wake up half hour before everyone else because I need that quiet time. And what am I going to do in that, those 30 minutes? And I'm proud to say that only in the last month, I have been waking up, you know, most mornings and meditating. And I feel good. I feel like when my kids wake up, I have more energy to focus on them versus just having five minutes to inhale my coffee in the morning. And I started tracking it. So every week is not perfect. But sometimes I think even if I woke up four times a week, Mm -hmm. that is four times that I didn't do it last two, two months ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So the tracking helps because you see how far you've come. Yeah. And I think sometimes we have a distorted perception of what we've actually accomplished. I don't know about you, but I've had like at the end of the week, I'm like, oh, I accomplished a lot. And then I look back and I'm like, but the three most important things that I said I was going to accomplish, I didn't even start because those were really difficult. So I pushed those off to do something easy. Right. It's uh, you were just talking about something similar in, you know, planning your tasks and putting them in project management tools and things like that. So that just brought back that episode to my mind. Yeah. So how would you say this book has impacted you and how will you use it moving forward? So I think definitely when it comes to my business and coaching my clients, it is immensely valuable because a lot, a lot of women that come to work with me have some unresolved body image issues and Mm. they want to look a certain way feel a certain way but they're also waiting well I will do it when I am two sizes smaller I will do it when I have lost 20 pounds Mm. so you know this book says he says when you're in the gap you're avoiding being in the present yeah, because you're so focused on that difference of where yeah. you want to be and now that you're not truly enjoying this mm-hmm. moment. So I think coaching my clients around that, and in my personal life, you know, sometimes my kids will be like, "Oh, my friend is so lucky; he has three Xboxes." <laughs> and, <laughs> Why do you even need I'll, three? <laughs> I so I always say to them, I said, okay, well, tell me three three things you feel lucky for in your life, you know? And I do this with them every night at bedtime. It's not exactly what they feel lucky for, but like three things that were good in their day or three best parts of their day. Yeah. And, you know, it's that whole theory of not every day is like mind-blowing amazing, but there's something mind-blowing amazing in every day. And to just savor those little things, I think, is important, not just for kids, but even as adults, to your point, where you think, you know, you bumped off some tasks to do maybe other smaller tasks, but you still got something done. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
You know, I think one of the things that this book really has done for me is to show me that it's all a journey and that there is a lot of power in not only measuring that journey, but tracking those feelings along the journey to whatever I'm trying to achieve because that is the roadmap for others as well. But it's the roadmap for also for me in my future endeavors to show me that it was possible to meet this huge cap and be successful. And that's the blueprint for me to do it again and again and again. Correct. And you also uh, grow so much along the way, right? And I think to appreciate that growth or, you know, you learn that, okay, well, to get to this goal, I have to hire a team member or I have to outsource my social media or something else. And those are all such valuable lessons in business. Yeah. To get to our goals. Yeah. So if you had the chance to ask the authors of this book one question, what would you Mm -hmm. ask? So this came to me while I was revisiting my, uh, you know, notes, but if you own a business and you set certain goals and sometimes your goals may be purely aligned with, well, I have a team, I have a business to run, I have equipment to buy, rent to pay, people to pay, you know. So when you have those very measurable expenses, right? Yeah. Can you still afford to just focus on the gain and not the gap? Mm, that's a great question because let's say you need for easy math ten thousand dollars a month to just take care of all your expenses yeah and it's maybe just like a really hard cycle in life or the global economy or whatever that's affecting it that's a real goal that's a real need right like where you people are counting on you you need to be able to make rent so then what yeah can you say to your employee, well, at least this this month I made the payroll. <laughs> right. So and does that yes, change? personally, I cannot revel in the gain, but realistically, what do we do about these things? Yeah. And, and then it's real interesting to think about how they talk a little bit about teams in this, where they transform teams to all thinking in the game. Um, and I think it's hard when you're trying to be stay in the game, but maybe your family or your team is all in the gap thinking. Right. Yeah. And I think there's a there's a time and place for it. Like sometimes yeah. to bring it up may not be, you know, the the right moment. But yeah. When you, you know, the whole concept of wound versus scars, like if you're in a wound place, that's maybe yeah. not the best time to bring up, oh, but what did you learn from it? Or what did you, you know, you're thinking yeah. in the gap. Yeah. But maybe down the line, when the person has had some time to recover, mm-hmm. it's a good time to broach the gain versus gap situation. What do you think? Yeah. You know, and I think about this you know, the flow chart he has where it, well, they have, where it's start achieved and ideal. And the ideal really is where you're trying to go, but how do you keep that ideal attainable um, and, and keep stretching your company and yourself? 
without being unrealistic or just being like, right. well, we did better than last year, you know. That's where you come in to help with realistic goal setting. Yeah, true. True. I, I think sometimes it's a little pie in the sky. It can be. Right. Right. And I also wonder, you know, I mean, this book is written by two men. And if it was written by two women, what would be the perspective on it? Mm, You bring up a great point. I do work with a lot of women, but I actually come from two male-dominated industries. And women really struggled in both of the, the industries that I was in. And then when I moved to the nonprofit sector, it was very uh, female dominated. And Mm -hmm. interestingly enough, I I actually think that women are harder on themselves when goal setting and measuring their progress. I don't think they give themselves as much grace. I also think back to that perfectionism statement you made at the beginning that they tend to produce more um, perfect type work and take a longer time to produce it where, and I'm being general, whereas some of the guys mm-hmm. would just be like, well, it's done. Package and <laughs> send it out. And the women would be like, wait, what? <laughs> right. So I, I find that interesting. So what do you think would be different if two females wrote this book? What would be different is I think there would be maybe a little bit more spiritual component to it, you know, and maybe talking a little bit about surrender and the Mm -hmm. timeline. Because if you ask me personally, I think when we set set this ideal on that graph uh, that's in the book, Mm -hmm. I think you have to become a certain person in that journey to actually achieve that, you know? and when that's going to happen, like we can set all the goals and everything, but mm-hmm. the when and the how is really not in our hands is what I believe personally. Yeah. Um, and it will happen when I have become the person who yeah. can handle that level of success. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting you say that because there's this, I don't know if it's a theory or an anecdote or just some myth but that men will apply for a job if they haven't met the qualifications, knowing that they'll learn it along the way, whereas women won't apply for the job until they have all the skills and have the knowledge. Um, And I don't know who they is that came up with that, Um, but I think that also goes along with this concept of the gap in the game, whereas women will try and gain those skills to be able to achieve that, you know, that goal, whereas men maybe just will set out and figure it out along the way. Great. You know, not to keep going back to Amy, but in even in the course creation world, right, like sometimes we think we need to be like, know everything, all the ins and outs of Kajabi, we need to know all the ins and outs of Canva, but you don't. You know, and you just need to know enough to get started because oftentimes these are some tasks when you have gained, like from where you are, you might outsource them. So you don't need to be an expert at everything. And I think sometimes that is what keeps people from even getting off the ground. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I actually have said to a couple of my clients, you don't need to know about everything. 
but it is helpful to be curious about things. Right. How can Canva help me do X? How can this software tool help me streamline my process? I don't right. need to know how to use it, but I, if I'm curious about it and I can find somebody who's maybe a subject matter expert in that thing, I can then use that to streamline my business. But if Absolutely. I'm not curious about those tools, I'm going to probably be frustrated because I can't mm -hmm. get from A to Z. Or if I think I need to know everything about how to use, I use Descript or Otter or whatever, I need to know everything about it. Unfortunately, you'll get stuck. Right. And think about the amount of time you're going to spend in learning Descript or Otter. Yeah. It's nice to know, but you don't have to be. Yeah the expert you know and uh, what else could you do in that in that time yeah that can move the needle forward towards where you want to go yeah so if I had the opportunity to ask the author of this book one question which I think you mm -hmm. asked a great question I would want to see how he tracks and measure how they track and measure their gaps and gains right what is that tool that they use or do they develop that themselves or how do you really identify what you should track or measure? Right. That's what I would want to know. This, uh, this book lends itself perfectly to some kind of planner or tracker, either download yeah. or for sale, some kind of journal or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And they probably have a course or something. Who knows? They probably have. All yes. That, but. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the other cool things that they bring up is that measuring three wins every day and truly mm -hmm. maximize your maximizing your highest leverage hour of the day. And you brought that up about being a morning person, wanting to be mm -hmm. a morning person. And I do do this. I said three things that I want to accomplish in a day. And that's how I measure myself on whether or not I was successful or not. Mm -hmm. And this has truly changed. Like some people will say, oh, you must have more than 24 hours in a day. No, I don't. I actually just micromanage the crap out of myself by creating these three goals and saying those are non-negotiable. Right. And then everything else just falls into place. But right. I love this concept that they brought up is, you know, measuring those three wins. Right. And I think what's helpful in that is remembering that quadrant of things that are important and urgent and then things that yeah. are just urgent. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, and I yeah. forget what the other two were. But I think being it's very sort of clear like on your Stephen Covey, I think, right? Is, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And I think being very clear on your priorities yeah. is the key here to good goal setting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, if you had to summarize this book in one sentence, how would you do that? I would say set the goals, you know, and work towards them every day. Like have this vision of your future, but don't be so attached to it that you forget to live in the moment and enjoy what you have now and how far you've come. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I would summarize it very similarly. And I would say any goal that you set has a gap 
from where you are now, where you want to be. And that gap is, I like to call it quitter's zone. And the quicker you can realize your progress, the quicker you will achieve your goals. That's a great, I love this concept of quitter's zone. Yeah. <laughs> quitter's valley, I think I called it on another episode, but yeah, it's where people end up quitting. Yeah. And sometimes you're so close to success, you know, just when you're about to quit. And if you just stay for that 10 minutes longer, you're going to yep. get there. Absolutely. So I'm curious, what other books are you reading? So I am, I'm always reading something. I have to tell you that I don't read a lot of male authors. I read oh. a lot more female authors. I have been on some sort of, um, spirituality slash self-discovery path so i am reading this the way of integrity by martha beck and i've been reading it for a few months i've actually had the book for almost two years my friend gave it to me on my birthday and i kept putting it off not reading it and then all of a sudden now i've picked it up and i'm really into it and it's it's a great book and it is a combination of you know spirituality and I mean she herself is a therapist the author is so oh wow yeah so I mean it's we think what the conventional definition of integrity is but the way she talks about living in integrity is very different from integrity in the sense of say doing what you said you were going to do yeah yeah so I love that book I highly recommend it It's, it's a little heavy but I think it's worth reading. I love it. Uh, what about historical fiction? What's your favorite book? Um, my favorite book, oh my gosh, um, I have a favorite author. So uh, it's Kate Quinn, and oh, she has yeah. written The Alice Network, The Rose Code. I would say those are two of my favorite books by her. But I also love The Nightingale by Kristen Hanna. Yeah. And Lilac Girls, who I don't remember the author's name. But I read that book in literally two days. I think Mm. I fed my kids ramen and I just focused on reading (laughs) because I just could not put it down. And it's based on real life events from the world war. And it's just such a gripping story. So those are my top four or five historical fiction books. I love it. Yeah, I have not read The Lilac Girls. I need to check that one out. I think it's a little bit older. It's come out like several years ago. And maybe that's why we don't see it ranking as high right now, but it's totally worth the read. It's so good. Awesome. I do a lot of audiobooks. So yeah. Yeah. I um I still enjoy the old-fashioned paperbacks. I have somehow even not even gotten into Kindle as much as I, you know, appreciate the convenience of it. Yeah. I'm reading Save the Cat writes a novel and mm-hmm. um, I do have a book in me. I'm working on getting that out. Uh, but I can't this... wait for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. This is about how all the stories, all the movies, all the things all have, I think it's eight types of storylines. And if mm-hmm. you don't write in these eight, it basically is a flop. And so it talks about the structure of how to write to the what the readers want. So I, it's very interesting. 
That's awesome. Are there worksheets and things in it too that you fill out as you go along? Or? Um, they do have an online community that you can mm-hmm. um, that you can join that has that. But this is really about like, you know, this is the structure of the story. So it's a lot of theory, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I really have enjoyed that because I think sometimes as a new writer, um, without having an understanding of the journey, you can kind mm-hmm. of get off track. So absolutely. Yeah. Do yeah. you know um, what you're writing about? I'm assuming it's nonfiction. Um, yes, kind of. But I, I also have been throughout my whole life, I've been an incredible, as I'm told, storyteller. And so I do think at some point I will write a novel, a fiction. That is so exciting. I can't wait to pre-order my copy. Oh, yeah. You can be on my launch team because (laughs) our mentor just did a a case study in how to launch a book. So, yeah. Cool. And is that her book on your desk? I'm seeing. I'm eagerly waiting for my copy. Yeah, this is That's the, awesome. advanced, the advanced read copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's cool because obviously it's an advanced read. So there's mm-hmm. some mistakes in it, um, some things that are being changed, which I love. So I'll hang on to this for a long time. Yeah. Doesn't even have the back cover. Oh, wow. Mine's, mine is supposed to come in the mail this week. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah her launch, I think, is tomorrow. I think so. Yes, 21st February. Yep. Cool. Well, it has been such a pleasure chatting with you. I always love diving into books and, of course, talking with some of my favorite people. If you're listening today and you know that you need a wardrobe overhaul or just more confidence, definitely check her out. How could they work with you? How could they find you and what could they expect? Sure. So my business is called Style Remix, and it's based on the principle that we all have a lot of clothes that we don't really know how to wear them. So I remix your wardrobe into new exciting outfits. So my business is called Style Remix. It has two X's at the end, styleremix.com, my website, and my Instagram is style.remix. It's my favorite platform to hang out. Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for it's having been me. A great conversation. And I can't wait for everybody to dive into this book. Thank you for having me, Sarah. My pleasure. All right, bold goal crushers. It's time to crush your goals and everything that gets in the way without working double time. So get to it. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.